Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I enjoy cooking bacon and stop working with flour. This is Your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. Hi, babes. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Did I hear something new in our theme tune there? Yes, you did indeed. So as promised, we replaced Theresa May R.O.P. Uh, with a new clip. And our winning suggestion came in from listener Hannah Price, or Hannah Stone, as I used to know her as before she was married. Stony. 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 Yeah. She has the uh, biggest hair you'll ever see. Oh, yeah. St- Stony with the big hair. Yep. Stony with the big <laughs> hair coming through there with the Mel C uh, at the Brit Awards clip. For us. Night from 1996, it yeah. was the Spice Girls doing their acceptance speech at the Brit Awards, which is like the UK equivalent of the Grammys. Now, we just watched the, the full clip, actually, and they won Best Single yeah, was, in 1996. Yeah. Now, talk me through some of the other songs they were up against. Um, there was Born Slippy by Underworld. Mm. Uh, a song by Cooler Shaker. Can't remember the name of the song. Or as I'm I a told you, Shaker. my mum once called them Koala Shaker. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, You're Gorgeous by Baby ba- Bird. By Baby Bird. Bing in the Oh, a horrible sound. A song by Manic Street Preachers. Ugh. All no, sorts. Thank you. But a very Return of the Mac. Yeah. What a Mark what? Morrison. A very strong year. Every, yeah. every single song they played, I was like, oh, I know this song thoroughly. <laughs> Um, along those lines, one of my dad's favorite jokes, which I still cherish to my heart, even though it's terrible, is do you remember the song Brimful of Asher? Oh, yeah. By Corner Shop. Oh, yeah. My dad used to sing Bacon Rasher on the 45. Oof. I love how he didn't even think to replace the 45. No, no, no. Just, he didn't even sing that part. He just used to sing Bacon Rasher over the chorus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic Felix York for you there. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been unwell uh, and you know dealing with some personal things <laughs> which has been not fun but uh, because of that I have pretty much been staying in and watching Project Runway on Bravo and old episodes of Project Runway and that new show on Netflix about designers. I don't know why, but in times of illness and heartbreak, I like watching people badly construct clothes and wait, then get ripped apart for it. So wait, that new show on Netflix, the, the, it's like a, a Netflix international show? Yes. It's, because all the contestants are from all over? Yeah, it feels like it, it feels like that they got everyone from all over the world, flew them all to like a ship in the middle of the ocean. Like an, <laughs> international, in, in, international waters. waters. Exactly. And then it's just like, they're just... And everyone's got a different accent and it's all very jarring. What is it called? So yeah, it's called Next in Fashion. Uh, It's Tan France and Alexa Chung back on our screens again. Um, (laughs) I have to admit, I watched the first two episodes and it was like, it's so similar to Project Runway that it's completely redundant. But I still enjoyed it because I like watching Project Runway. So it felt like I was getting extra episodes in between waiting for it to come on Bravo. Yeah. What's Alexa Chung been up to? Not sure. She, She, when watching that, she seemed exactly the same in the same way where I was like, charmed by her and instantly was like i think she's really cool oh, there so you go. her brand is still going strong even after all these years do you remember she came over to the u.s and she had a uh, an mtv show called it's on with alexa chung yeah but i don't really know i don't remember what it was about i think it was like a replacement for trl and maybe like 2009 Ooh, or 10 she seems like a strange choice for that yeah <laughs> did well i mean it didn't it didn't work so yeah she was <laughs> 
So um, apart from, you know, me laying in darkness watching people sewing clothes together, what have you been doing? <laughs> um, well, you got me ill. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. So this this week has been a bit a bit delirious, um, <laughs> but we're hopefully pretty much through it, Yeah, I would say. We had a big weekend last weekend, which we'll get into when we get to my topic. Oof, yeah, that was in the midst of it. <laughs> um, the the other night when I wasn't feeling so good, I decided to run myself a bath. And I was mm-hmm. finishing off some work emails, and then I forgot about the bath, and the bath overflowed in a real comedy style. Oh, God. <laughs> and I ran through to the bathroom, and I, yeah, was just walking through water. And then water went through the floor down to the lower level of the house. Yikes. So that happened. So the last few days, we've had fans everywhere, just gusty winds blowing in all directions just to try and dry out the house. Lovely. So that's been something. And in the morning, when I go into the, the when I say en suite, it sounds like, oh. I live in a a house, not only do I own, but the master bedroom has an ensuite bathroom. The ensuite bathroom is like a cave. It's like a (laughs) cave that's been burrowed out. A cave cave to piss in. A piss cave. (laughs) Um, So in the morning, I go into my piss cave and um, (laughs) we've had like, that's where the water came through. So all these fans and heat things. So you go in in the morning and it's just really hot. (laughs) It's very strange. Great for LA. Great for LA. We could like grow weed in there or something. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I'm really enjoying the unseasonably warm temperatures in my new apartment where I don't have AC yet. That's also been a fun, oh, a fun journey. Yeah. But stick with me on that one. <laughs> Imagine, you know, being ill and, and, you know, having other things going on and also having no AC. Yeah, things are going great. <laughs> but as we, we discussed last night, I, the fact that you're going through this now with the lack of AC is good because yes. it's February now. Yes. By the time it gets, you'll get it sorted. You'll buy like a, a terrifying AC unit yep. that will be too powerful. Yep. And <laughs> by the time you get to March and April, you'll be good to go. Also, just to, um, I just don't want people to let this go by. Uh, when I arrived at the You're Welcome America studios today, uh, mm. Jesse was unboxing an item for uh, studio dog Fabio um, and just drove off with it, which was a essentially a children's car seat for your chihuahua. It was a children's car seat meets armchair. Yeah, like thrown, like kind of thrown, dog thrown car seat. Yeah. That uh, we just watched Fabio get strapped into and driven away to obedience training. That is not going to stick. Look, Fabio... (laughs) That little queen. Fabio struggles with motion. So (laughs) he needs this highly elevated, elaborate throne to sit on when he's in the car so he can see out the windows and, you know, just, just keep it cool. Okay. Okay, before we go any further, I do want to say to any new listeners, in every episode of You're Welcome America... We take a British topic, we discuss it heavily, and we work out the American equivalent. And then we take an American topic, really go to time with it, and we work out the British equivalent. Yes, we We, do. We do get into that. But before we go any further, what is going on today? Well, today in America is a very big day. It's uh, where people gather around their TV and they watch. It's called the Jennifer Lopez Entertainment Bowl. I think so. Yeah, yeah, the Lopez Bowl, I are think. Are you on... Now, which team are you rooting for? Are you rooting for J-Lo or Shakira? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be backing J-Lo. Shakira, she... I, I had some moments where I was kind of into some of the stuff that she was presenting, you know, some of the game playing and, you know, some of the moves she was putting out there, but it's always going to be J-Lo for me. Always going to be J-Lo, yeah. yeah. I mean, She-Wolf is very important. True, She-Wolf is very important, but for, for She-Wolf, there's also... Hips don't lie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that really riles you, doesn't it? Hips don't lie really does rile me, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll f- we, I mean, we are pre-taped, so you'll know the result. You'll know if, who won, uh, yeah. J-Lo and Shakira. But Fraser's backing J-Lo, and I guess I'll just back Shakira. Okay, just for the sake of... For the sake okay, of Okay, great. Well, we'll so, see who's, which side of history we land on. Okay, I'm just going to get my pad of paper. I'm just going to tick off discussion of Super Bowl. Yep. Done. Um, okay, we need to get into some feedback. Let's do it. So uh, just a little bit of feedback from uh, people on Instagram. Um, podcast nemesis Michael, um, just uh, in feedback in regards to my Alicia Dixon segment last week. Uh, according to Bruce Forsyth, RIP, Alicia is famously Britain's Beyonce. Oh. And that was a like, very good point. I do remember uh, Bruce Forsyth, on, who was the host of Strictly, uh, presenter of Strictly, host of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Are we going to take that pause out? <laughs> Make myself sound really intelligent. Um, yeah, he once described Alicia Dixon as Britain's Beyonce. I was oh. like, well, I'm still saying Kelly. I, I do. I, I wonder if um, like some producer wrote that and he just read it. Oh, or, yeah. Or, he, yeah, he, or, or <laughs> Brucey went, Brucey went like, who, wait, who is this Alicia Dixon? Someone went, well, they're kind of like, you know, Britain's Beyonce. Right. And he was like, got it. <laughs> um, how would, who would you say is the US equivalent of Bruce Forsyth? So Bruce Forsyth um r.i.p was a very long-running legendary tv host beloved did sort of game shows and ended up doing strictly he could be either a larry king yep or a regis Regis. okay fine okay regis regis okay Okay, fine regis pullman um Um, so that was podcast nemesis michael i wonder if anytime you mentioned podcast nemesis michael we could put in a sound effect of just lightning striking of course um, just a couple of separate bits of feedback. Um, just two people uh, said that I was good looking from that video you posted. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh, well, someone else said it was a great video as well. Um, that was a video of you dancing to yeah, um, me doing the Charleston to, to uh, the boy does nothing. Yep. Yeah, you know, um, Britain's Beyonce. Yeah. And then final just note on a lot of Alicia Dixon feedback. Um, this is uh, a Andrew. Oh, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, not a Andrew. This is Andrew said, love it. Still waiting for her marketing team to capitalize on the gay fans and start the hashtag dicks on tour, like Dixon tour. Oh yeah. Very clever. That's I a like very that a good point. Yeah. That's pretty much it from that. Um, I just, within the, the uh, feedback segment, I just want to update you on just something else quickly. Um, very related. Um, and just a, another, just to throw another sound effect and a jingle into this part of the show. Just going to update you on Mumba Watch. Oh, Mumba Watch. Yeah, where are we? Baby, come on over tonight. Well, I'll tell you where we are, Ben. Uh, yesterday, that's the 2nd of February, just to give you an insight into the scoop of where we, of when we record. Samantha Mumba uploaded a post saying she was in Sherman Oaks, California. She's close. So she's close. And yet still has not read the DM that I've sent her inviting her to be on the podcast. So yet again, I'm going to say everyone out there who's listening, get us Samantha Mumba. Why has no one helped us yet? Come on. Great. (laughs) Um, Shall we get on with the show? Absolutely. Okay, we are back. As I said, every episode we do an American topic and we do a British topic. Fraser, you're up first with the American topic. What's going on? Well... Last night, you and I took ourselves on a little trip to Atwater Village. We did. Future home of me, where I love, and I'm going to live there one day because it's so boring. Um, and when we were in Atwater Village, we decided to sample an American, you know, a piece of American history. Mm. 
a chain restaurant that has kept America going for years and years. Beloved, almost, some would say. We went to Sizzler. Oh, oh, That's just a sound effect ah, of, you know, just a bit of meat put on a grill. <laughs> or a shrimp. Very, very important oh. that we talk about shrimp as well as the meat. Yeah. So, yeah, we took ourselves to Sizzler last night uh, for dinner. Um, <laughs> let me uh, give you a little bit of history on Sizzler and then we'll talk about our experience. Let's go for um, it. So this is actually from their website. It's very poetic. It's yeah, pulled straight from the website. Uh, it all began on January 27th, 1958. With $50 in the cash register, Dell and Helen Johnson opened Sizzler Family Steakhouse in Culver City, California. Oh. And that, that's really just the history of it. The next paragraph is god-awful. It's literally like, 14-year-old Bobby Fischer took the United States Chess, chess Championships and the American girl group, the Shirelli's, began. It's like, well, what's that got to do with Sizzler? No, thank you. Yeah. So basically, it's this American restaurant chain that started, obviously, in the 50s, but has gone through many different kind of conglomerates and mm. other companies and is now this kind of chain restaurant. Seems to be that the, the, it's called Sizzler because it serves steak. Right, yeah, that's Primarily the, that's serves focus. steak. Yeah. Um, so let's just have a little discussion about our visit to Sizzler last night, shall mm, we? Okay. So... Initial impression, uh, we arrived, there was valet parking, which I found very strange. I mean, there was valet parking in the way that I turned up and I decided to street park and not get valet parking because I thought it'd be cheaper to street park than get valet parking. So I was like, oh, hang on. This is, (laughs) maybe this place is, you know, of a high quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then we walked in and it became very clear that we didn't know what we were doing. Oh no, the format was confusing. There was no, there was no instruction. I felt like a fool. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we walked up that little staircase and just stood there? I felt like people were staring at us like, oh, you guys don't know how to do Sizzler. Yeah, don't know how to sizzle. No. Um, so we had to line up at, weirdly at the register, as they would say here, or the tail. <laughs> a line up at the tail. And, and, and on a sort of the lineup hall, it was kind of all over the walls was different menu items. There was a digital screen you know, showing some you sort love of that like, digital screen. love that digital screen with like, a, um, I don't know, like an image of a steak, maybe with some sort of like lo-fi animation graphic with some heat coming off yeah. the steak. Um, it was a, it was a real beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. So basically we, we like, you order at the till, you order at the register and then you sit down and they bring your food over to you. So it's like a mixture between like ordering at a counter, but also kind of waiter, waitress also like with a server. So let's talk about the decor. Okay, well, I took a picture of the of, of our seating because yeah. we, we managed to snag a booth. Oh, yeah, we did. So this a is... Dirty little booth. The... Yeah, it's it looks like... I feel like I've said this a lot on this podcast and I don't know why, but all the fabrics and colours looked like um, all the furnishings that you would get from like an Argos catalogue in the 90s. Yeah. I did say that in general, the whole place looked and smelt like one of my neighbor's houses in the 90s yeah it really it was like going back in a time warp and uh, not in a great way so what did you order what did i order well i'll tell you what i didn't order i didn't order the menu item that was in the safer savory seafood section mm. and that menu item's called shrimp 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 and that's just <laughs> shrimp done in many different ways well you were annoyed with me when we arrived because i don't eat i don't eat um steak or seafood so <laughs> you were annoyed with me when we arrived because i was like you're going to have to get the like steak and endless shrimp combo so that we at least sampled Sizzler's, <laughs> you know, signature things. Um, but you were not having it. No, so I just got like it. a burger and you got like a chicken. I got basically, like a, you basically got a burger and I got a chicken burger. Yeah. That's what we did. Do you, wait, did you have something to drink? 
I just I had a Corona beer. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> um, we although our lovely server was very nice, she offered us a, a confusing array of breads that she said very quickly, and the only thing I understood was garlic bread. So I said yes to that. Well, no, she she saw our confusion and she was like, "Just get the cheesy garlic bread." We're like, "Oh, thank you for helping yeah. us out." What's was... her name again? <laughs> her name was Blanca. Blanca, which I said to you is the name of a Street Fighter character. Yeah. Do you remember Blanca? Did you play Street Fighter? Or were you I... more of a Mortal Kombat? Kid. I I was technically neither. My brother had Mortal Kombat because he was very much Sega and I was very much Nintendo. Oh, right, okay. You know what I mean? I was more into the world of like, <laughs> of, and then PlayStation. And then I really got into Theme Hospital and Theme Park. Oh my and God, I loved Theme Hospital. <laughs> so really the other stuff I, I flirted with, but it was never me. Right. I see because my overriding childhood memory is Street Fighter playing that against my brother. He, I, I would always be Chun-Li, because I had to be a female character. Yeah. So it was always Chun-Li. Gay um, rights. Uh, completely. And my brother would just play, be all the different characters, but would always just get me into a corner and just kick me to death. One move, kick to death. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thus showing the beautiful relationship me and my brother have had forever and ever and ever. Um, <laughs> Our Blanca from last night, Sizzler Blanca. Sizzler Blanca. She had some great hair. She did. She had her hair up. She was, she was great. I think she sensed that we may not have been at home in that situation <laughs> because the other clientele in general, it was a lot of families mm-hmm. and a lot of old people, Yeah, you know? So, and then, so we don't fit into either of those categories, <laughs> although yeah. there's those two gay guys at the end. I was very confused by their presence. There was some kind of, something was happening. So like two gay guys, I would say who were both. 49. Yeah. I'm being generous there. Maybe early 50s. Yeah, I would say 50s. And they both entered as we were leaving. We're like, what? But we think they may have just come because they used to go all the time as kids. Yeah, it definitely seems like somewhere that was, that had its heyday and is severely in decline. (laughs) Yeah. I think also going back to the food and the menu, one of the big things originally was the um, the buffet, like the salad the, bar, the salad bar, yeah. and all that, and that was all there steaming away. I've got a great video of it, which I will pop in the Insta. Oh yeah, I, that salad bar really gave me the heaves. Yeah, I can't. I, I think. I think actually, even if I went to, I know there's no such thing as a high-end salad bar, but I think if some like stupid concept restaurant had did a salad bar, I think it would still give me the heaves. I think there's something about the smell of like salad dressing that makes me want to throw up. So. I hate salad dressing, so that in fact that is what it is. <laughs> well, it just I think that added to the whole nineties-ness of it. Like yeah. a really sort of tangy, salty, yeah. sweet Ugh. smell of a salad dressing, Ugh. you know, with an iceberg lettuce that had been chopped up somewhere. <laughs> and as and as we looked over to the salad bar, we, we definitely on a couple of occasions there was a, a, a staff member who um was taking out giant Tupperware oh, things yeah. and pouring, I don't know bits thousand island dressing back into a, a slop bowl of exactly it. okay so just to go back to our what we actually ate so yeah. i ordered the so we had the bread brought to us yeah i love that we had the bread brought to us <laughs> blanca brought us the bread blanca brought us the bread <laughs> say that three times <laughs> um i had the chicken burger now here's the thing i thought i was going to be safe <laughs> i wasn't that chicken burger came and it was served on like a the, clearly in like maybe five years ago they decided yeah. we're going to update the presentation yeah. aka presentation and it came like a metal tray yeah with like a, a kind of a fun piece of paper it would it have was... only made it worse if it was served on a breadboard for me that would be oh, like one step yeah. even worse oh yeah absolutely. i don't want to eat my food from a breadboard by the also, way i'm just throwing that out there to everyone also breadboards really heavy to carry yeah. and you can't put those through a dishwasher it's very uk very uk like gastro gastropub. like wannabe gastro wannabe, precisely it's like don't give me a burger like on a on a chopping board i don't want it yeah 
There's no edges. No. There's no limit to what I can do. Don't want that. <laughs> so the food came on this little pla- on this little metal tray. The fries were fine. The chicken burger was just really depressing. Yeah. I said to you my burger tasted like it was at the level of like funfair like UK funfair like burger from a van. Yeah. situation. Which, you know, is fine when you're, like, forced to eat a burger from a van at a, at a fun fair, which, you know, I am all the time. I'm always at a fun fair, like, I've got to have a burger. But we were not at a fun fair. We were seated in a booth, no yeah. less, on a Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> um, we heard, was it three of the most lackluster birthday songs that we've ever heard? Two or three. Not as many as our visit to... <laughs> to, to Olive Garden. To Olive no. Garden, no. Not as many birthdays, but we heard some real... It was They were the lowest energy happy birthdays I've ever heard. Like, yeah. And I at one point tried to clap and I felt embarrassed because I was like, no one else was clapping. So I stopped. One other thing to point out in relation to Olive Garden is that the lighting. So the lighting, <laughs> once again, was incredibly bright. Yes. So like they tried Yet again, to... we were under a spotlight trying to eat our food. <laughs> <laughs> but then they also had these amazing like recessed ceiling tiles, which like red like tubing was hidden in a recess and glowing onto the ceiling tiles as well which i really appreciated oh and heavy heavy carpeting everywhere of course which really was just absorbing the smell of the sweaty soups and produce <laughs> oh, there the... was a did you see the, like the bubbling like clam chowder that was like bubbling oh. in one of those soup pots oh. <laughs> you really want to speak about my nightmare food and again i'm not just dissing sizzler for this i'm talking about clam chowder as a as a dish <laughs> nothing makes me want to throw up more than the, the clam chowder I, one oh. thing i also realized is yesterday you as you mentioned earlier it was really hot it was like <laughs> yes. 80 degrees fahrenheit which is like 26 27 degrees celsius yeah. so we decided to go after a very hot day for an early meal at sizzler <laughs> at this yeah, and it was hot, hot in there wasn't it, was it? Hot. <laughs> so yeah so i mean i i, I and also my chicken burger it tasted of, like, they'd painted on fake grilled, like, paint onto it. So you, just... were, you were convinced that it was microwaved with, and then the grill marks were painted on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so much so that we enjoyed our meal so much that afterwards we went to next door to Del Taco and had an, another terrifying experience in the Del Taco in Atwater. Guys, if you're thinking of going there, do a drive-through. <laughs> Don't do a dine-in at the, at the Del Taco in Atwater on a Saturday night. Do, do a drive-through or heavily drink. <laughs> before you go yeah because you won't notice yeah you want the edges blurred when you're in that del taco i was one beer was not enough to get me through that experience it was really quite terrifying Um, wait but just back was there anything else we want to say about our visit to sizzler we did i mean because it'd been such a nice day there was a beautiful sunset and we both separately took a picture of the sign outside we did So we yeah we will put some some photos and some vids on the the Instagram. There's some real treats for you there just to have a look at. Okay, what else can you tell me about Sizzler? So they they have Sizzler in other countries, um, and I actually found a great '90s uh, advert for Sizzler in a certain country. I just want you to tell me if you can determine uh, by the accent by the accents in this what country it was. Well, where to for lunch? I know where I want to go for lunch. I don't want to spend a lot of money. Sizzler. Not fast food. Fast food, definitely not fast food. But I don't want to spend a lot of time. So where to? Sizzler. Yeah. So where to for lunch tomorrow? Mm. How about Paris? Paris? For lunch? I don't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> the steak, seafood, salad. It, I mean, that was clearly Australia that we're trying to do. But wait, I don't understand the gag at the end. Where to for lunch tomorrow? Paris. Paris. I don't want to go there. I, d- I don't understand. I think the advert was definitely dubbed 
Oh. Dubbed over with Australian voices. I don't know. None Got of it made it. any sense. But it was beautiful. I wanted to have lunch with those ladies. How how glam did they look? Oh. I love that they were just stepping out of the office to go to Sizzler. Oh. So yeah, there was Sizzler in Australia, which is strange. I, I thought I read something funny and it kind of takes a really dark turn. But in 2006, all 28 Sizzler restaurants across um, Australia suspended the salad bar service after rat poison was found in two of the Brisbane Sizzler restaurants. Are the Brisbane Sizzlers? Um, Sizzler Australia referred to the incidents as sabotage. Okay, do you know how true crime is absolutely huge on yeah. TV and podcasts at the moment? I would genuinely be obsessed with watching a true crime like story from 2006, all based on the Sizzlers in Brisbane having rat poison. Yeah, <laughs> like that—that that ticks so many of my boxes. I mean, should we, should we, that should we launch that as a second podcast? <laughs> what would it be called? Well, what this Sizzler Sabotage? Okay, so, okay, well, look out for our, our second podcast, Sizzler Sabotage, oh. our true crime podcast, where we look into the Sizzler Sabotage of 2006. Last night was the first time either of us have ever been to Sizzler. Yeah. However, I've been a little bit obsessed with Sizzler for a while yeah. because I found this video online, which I've shared with a few people, and you hadn't seen it. No. I think we should play some of it just to give some context. Yeah. This was the well, early no, 90s. So this is this is actually a um, 1991. It was an internal video used for training purposes and investors. So it wasn't an it wasn't a TV advert. It was internal use only, especially for investors. Um, and uh, it is four minutes and 41 seconds long. So I'm not going to play the whole thing on here, okay. but we have both seen it. But I'm just going to give you it's one of the most insane things you will ever see. goes on for four minutes it's essentially the quantum leap theme tune uh do you remember the quantum leap theme tune it's essentially that mixed with like a um almost like a um one of those charity singles from like the 80s for like you know like a band-aid yeah it's almost like a quantum leap theme meets like band-aid in terms of like inspirational uplifting songs what i will note is it takes uh one minute and 30 seconds before you see someone that isn't white (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, there's only, there's only uh, two people of color in the entire four minutes. I think we need to mention, I mean, we'll put some of that on the Instagram, but we need to mention some of the visuals from mm. that, com- from that inter- internal memo that yeah. was sent around in 1991. Um, my favorite was The Fisherman. Yes, a literal Captain Birdseye with a child. <laughs> yes. My also favorite was the little girl playing baseball because she looks like, it looks like, if you were doing like a before they were famous, they were like, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in a 1991 Sizzler. Yeah. Inter- it was, she was playing that role, basically. Loved that. <clears throat> I, I loved the the 90s 
weird on purpose shaky camera work oh, effect it, at, at some points when they're actually in the sizzler it's difficult to tell it's, it's like you're on drugs yeah it's like you've taken like acid and you've gone to a sizzler it's like an episode of top of the pops from like the late 80s yes. and they've done like an effect while some music's playing um there's just this one particular woman whose face i'm gonna we're gonna have to get like an actual clipper for the instagram but i want to talk about her specifically <laughs> <laughs> so i just i just showed ben a quick clip of my favorite person in that i'm gonna call her kind of lipstick lady she's licking her lips at the sizzler buffet and she is a star she looks like a vanessa bayer character yes. the whole thing is is very snl yeah it, it does feel thing. like an snl parody it also has a very cult culty kind of vibe it seems like a scientology um like recruitment video because it's like across america a revolution is taking place i'm like People go to Sizzler. But wait, a quiet revolution. A quiet revolution. Sizzler. Oh, wait. And then the end of the video is the absolute best bit. Sizzler. Oh my God. <laughs> a restaurant within a restaurant. Yeah, they really, um, they try and go for that as a... Um, it's like their theme. It's a restaurant within a restaurant because you order steak and then go to a salad bar. I think also like even last night when we went in 2020, <laughs> when they had those other weird inspirational canvases posted in the walls, one was all about like, why make, why make choices when you can have it all or something? The idea is you can go and you can have all the foods. No, thank you. I don't want anything from that salad bar. Yeah. Oh, everything smells like Thousand Island dressing. Anyway, I was thinking about the UK equivalent uh, and I actually uh, found a place that I don't think I've ever been to. So yeah, have you ever eaten at a beef eater grill? <laughs> I've never, but I think you may be onto something. Yeah, I, so the beef eater uh, is like a chain of restaurants in the UK and they're very, I, I really think they might be of the same ilk as Sizzler, as in I feel like they have a very strong 90s presence. I think beef eater was like a big, big thing in the 90s. There is actually one in Norwich where I'm from, which makes me think I have been there and mm -hmm. I just don't remember. Because I'm very, all I can really remember is the harvester that we used to go to. But I think beef eater specifically because... The beef. As it's called, did you know that, that it's called beef eater specifically because it's beef? And obviously because of beef eater being those people in, what do they do? What, how do you describe to American what a beef eater is? Because <laughs> it sounds like it could be like a euphemism. Yeah, it really it does. It could be, okay, we know what the literal beef eater is, someone who eats, who eats beef. beef. A beef eater <laughs> also sounds like it could be a sexual thing. I don't know if it is or not, but you know what we're talking about. Yeah. But then a beef eater... They're like a, a queen's guard, aren't hang they? On, hang on a minute. They're basically these warders of Her Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress, the Tower of London. They basically are guards. They're ceremonial guards. Yeah. And they were incredibly specific, old school, oldie worldy, regal outfits. Yeah. They're, and they're called beef eaters. They're how like everyone in this country thinks that we all dress back at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I actually, I, I think that that's probably the best one. Also on their Wikipedia, um, the chain's name refers both the English figure of the beef eater as well as its menu meat, particularly beef. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i i don't think there's too much up for debate about that one i think the uk equivalent of sizzler is beef eater you're welcome sizzler here's the one damn 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 do sizzler and we're back and ben is doing our british topic what do you got babe well 
Last weekend was quite the weekend for us because on Saturday, January 25th, we celebrated what I would celebrate every January 25th, and that is the birth of Scotland's national poet, Robert Burns. Robbie Bay. So my topic is Burns Night. Yeah. Okay. What the hell am I talking about? You know, at New Year, when you're all singing, <laughs> should old acquaintance be forgot? It's called Old Lang Sang, or as lots of Americans call it, the New Year song. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So that was written by this guy called Robert Burns. He was born in Scotland on January 25th, 1759. So a wee while ago. Oh, yeah. A wee while ago. So every year in Scotland, we celebrate his birthday because he's our national poet. And we celebrate it in a very, very specific way. Um... We have like a Burns night or a Burns supper, and that's been going on since 1802. So the way it works is you either go to an organized one or you host one at your own house, and you eat very specific menu, and you recite his poetry and all that jazz. Yeah. So that's what we did last Saturday. Yeah. Um, And this is different from Hogmanay. Hogmanay's New Year's Eve, is it? Hogmanay's New Year's Eve, yes. Oh, you Scottish people. (laughs) Look... No, it's look. rainy and cold there. Give us something. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay? My, na- my name is Scottish. I love Scottish people. It's oh, thanks. Thanks yeah. for saying that my culture... No, it's fine. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for really just allowing me to have my inherent culture. You're Cheers for that. Welcome. Um, okay, so I was going to host a, a, a Burns supper with Jesse in the house. There were 16 of us. There was plenty of prep that went into this. We had to source thistles <laughs> to put on our table Why does one buy a thistle in LA? Well, I'll tell you what, lots of places don't have them. So we had to go to a very specific place. Jesse found them. For a while, we were going to order fake ones off Amazon Prime. Because <laughs> thistles are Scotland's national flower. And I wanted them in the table arrangements because I am a homosexual. Mm. Oh, um, oh, they're still here. Still there. That one. Um, Food-wise, we had to source all kinds of different foods. And also, um, I I do live in a house, but, you know, I use that term loosely. And fitting 16 people for a sit-down dinner in my house was a challenge. I think you did remarkably well. Thank you. Multiple (laughs) chairs and tables were constructed and borrowed and cobbled together (laughs) to try and make it work. Um, So, outfit-wise, I'm just going to lean on that. It's very traditional for uh, Burns Supper, for Burns Night, you wear your full Scottish outfit. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing my, my kilt, yep. which is in the ancient Anderson Tartan, mm-hmm. which uh, a kilt tradition you might get given to you on your 21st birthday. Oh. Okay, I did. Therefore, my measurements for my kilt are from my 21st birthday. Therefore, it's quite tight. I mean, can you? St- you're still wearing it though. Well, here's the thing it's with a, a kilt. Very humble brag of you. No, no, no. It's not a humble brag because here's the thing with a kilt: the sides of it, the way you strap yourself in, oh, it's got right. like belt loops, <laughs> and it, like you know, like a belt thing where you can yeah, do. Yeah. So basically, it so was it grows with you. It gr- <laughs> so I was like, you know, moments where people arrived, i.e., you, the first person <laughs> yeah, to arrive, course, always. And I had like Jesse like hoisting me in and trying to get the like the final, not the loop. <laughs> what do you call that? The belt hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know the word is for that. So anyway, it, let's just say it was on like the loosest one possible. And I was really hoisted into it. It was like I was wearing a corset. I was very upright the whole night. So you have your, um, the main thing is you wear your kilt and you have special stuff that you wear with it. Sporin. Sporin, very important. It's basically just like a purse. Yeah. A lovely purse that you wear around your crotch area yeah. hanging. Very useful. Yeah. Um, Do you have a knife? Well, you do traditionally, down your sock, you have a knife and you call it a ski and do. Mm-hmm. And you have it just to like stab people. Yeah. So um, I didn't have that because we were short on knives for the 16 people. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have any to spare. No, no knives to spare. <laughs> so that is what I was wearing. Um, okay, so Jesse was great and did the majority of the cooking. We're going to get onto the food in one sec. 
People were meant to be arriving at seven. It was a bit of a mad dash. Um, a knock on the door came at seven and we're like, fuck, who is it going to be? At that moment, I opened the door and thank God it was you. <laughs> yeah, And of so course. really, at the last minute, the three of us could <laughs> thrust together all the tables we'd, and we'd, chairs. We dressed, dressed and made that place in like 10 minutes. It was and amazing. I, I think what really added to it was the playing of music such as this, just to really get us going. So just imagine this playing while the three of us are thrusting tables and chairs around, sweating, sweating like I'm very tight, hoisted into my kill, where the knives, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was all going on. It was. So um, I do want to point out, I did have a playlist playing all night, which yep. um, I have actually named Ben's Supper. It's oh, a lovely. Supper. Um, some highlights on it, just all Scottish um, Scottish songstresses and, and singers, Katie Tunstall, oh, Sandy Tom, I wish yeah. I was a punk rocker, um, Rod Stewart Garbage. I, I actually had to ask you to skip an Annie Lennox song because I was, you know, uh, in the midst of my sickness and my uh, emotional problems when I arrived and it was No More I Love Yous was playing and I said, Ben, I don't really want to hear this right now. And you very kindly skipped that song. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I catered to my guests. I appreciated <laughs> that. We didn't, I don't know if we got around to playing Mariah Carey's version of Old Lang Syne, but it's very good. We had Wet, Wet, Wet. We had Darius, Colorblind, Biffy Clyro. <laughs> Darius, Colorblind. Play a, bit, play, that, play a bit of Darius for me. I forgot about that song. There we go. That was Darius. Feeling blue. Okay. So we managed to put on our outfits, thrust together the tables. People arrived. Um, we had gin and tonics. Yep. We had um, uh, salmon in, in served in a way which I would call ancient Anderson style. Oh, yes. Which is basically just smoked salmon on bread yep. that I just passed around. Okay. So, but then we get to the meal. Yes. Now, crucially, before we sit down, we have to do... A Grace, mm -hmm. that's written by Robert Burns. I'll just do it now. <clears throat> the whole thing. Bear with me. Oh, it's just short, short yeah, yeah. Some hay meat and canna eat, and some would eat that want it. But we hay meat and we can eat, and say the Lord be thank it. So that was it, basically. And I had uh, Emma, um, the only other Scottish person there, do that. Yeah. Great. Um, and then everyone sits. And then what you do is, and that Grace was obviously written by Robert Burns. Robbie or or as we call him also, Rabbi Burns. Yep. So Rabbi B. B. And then before you serve the haggis, um, some people do soup. We weren't doing soup because we did, you know, the salmon ancient Anderson style. But before you serve God. the haggis, you then have to recite address to a haggis. Yep. Which is like a whole poem that he wrote about haggis. Okay. Yeah. That was an intense part of the evening, by the way. The, was it? The ode to the haggis. Yeah, it was very stressful. Well, the way I wanted to do it is we passed it round. So yep. everyone got to like read a verse. Now, why was that intense for you? Because it was, it was, a, it was a cold reading. So, you mm -hmm. know, I was, I wasn't familiar with the text and also it is yep. written in, you know, a very ye olde Scottish style of spelling and, and cadence and syntax. So it was just very, just very stressful. The whole table of people listening. Yeah, this one particular verse, I won't recite the whole thing, but one particular verse is key because what you're meant to do is as you read it, you're meant to pierce the haggis, okay? Mm. His knife see rustic, labor, dight, and cut you up we stead with 
ready slight, trenching your gushing entrails bright. So there you go. Are we going to talk about the haggis? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you Let's then... talk about the haggis in the room, shall we? Okay. We then serve <laughs> the haggis. The way you serve haggis is you have haggis, neeps, and tatties. Yep. Neeps are mashed up turnips. Tatties yep. are mashed potatoes. Now, on the side, we also served a salad, which is really uncouth. I mean, the whole prep leading up to it, Jesse was like, couldn't we just also do it? I'd be like, no, that's not how it's done. He was like, maybe it doesn't need to be a sit-down dinner. It has to be a sit-down dinner. So he did Have win- fun for Jesse. He, he loved it. <laughs> he did win his way and we got to serve a salad alongside it. But haggis, we need to point out. Yeah. What the hell is it? How would you describe haggis, the star of the meal? So haggis is feels very kind of obvious to talk about how disgusting haggis is but what i'm going to do is talk about how disgusting haggis is haggis is uh like entrails of a sheep um and it's served in a boiled sheep's bladder am i correct i mean pretty much but do you know awful. what no not entrails awful but do you know awful. what you need to chill out it's basically a giant sausage okay like a giant <laughs> sausage that's very meaty a little bit oaty a little bit spicy and when you cut into it it kind of comes out like minced meat Okay. Uh, okay. Well, fine. Do, you didn't. So we served two. We had traditional haggis, yep. which technically is illegal in America. <laughs> Do you not know oh, this? No. So How basically, did you get it? well, d- well, I broke the law. No, I didn't. <laughs> so traditional haggis is illegal because it uses certain parts of meat that you're not allowed to serve in America ever since BSE, aka the oh. mad cow disease thing that happened. Classic nineties uh, issue, BSE. <laughs> <laughs> BSE really really file that in your heads alongside Dolly the Sheep. Yeah, Dolly the Sheep BSE and getting what was the what was the jab that we all got at school? Oh, um BCG. BCG. Yeah. Did you get a BCG shot and then people would hit you in the arm? Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so technically haggis is still illegal in the US, but there's a Scottish company in middle of America that do like their own version which tastes the same. Okay. So I got that. Anyway, we served meat haggis and veggie haggis. Yes, Which I, did you eat? I had the veggie haggis. Of course you fucking did. <laughs> the, the meat was really good. I, look, I don't, I don't doubt that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I don't like it. I know two people at the table had seconds. And one person at the table who lived in the UK for a very long time said it was the best haggis they've ever had. Oh, wow. That's so, good. Yeah, it is good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again for... Oh, thank you for letting me know my culture is good. Cheers for that. Thanks. Um, it's very hostile, this segment. Go, go on. So uh, <laughs> that was the main meal. It went very well. And then for dessert, now normally for dessert, you serve Kranikin, which is, it's a bullshit. It's like double cream and oats and raspberries. It's just a bit shit. So Jesse <laughs> decided to do his favorite British dessert, which is up for debate whether it's English or Scottish. Yeah. My dad swears it's from Aberdeen. Um <laughs> And that is sticky toffee pudding. Yeah. Talk us through sticky toffee pudding. Well, we talked about it on the last episode. Oh, we did. Yeah. And so, we thought uh, it was very much welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's just like a kind of a steamed pudding with toffee like, sauce. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a hot sponge, a hot sponge with toffee with, sauce. Yeah. And you have ice cream in the side. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. So yeah, we had that for dessert. It was good. So that was... So you liked that? Okay. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, okay, I loved good. everything about the dessert. I liked the thing your friend Emma made as well, Those uh, that shortbread. Oh, she did. She that made, was really good. She made shortbread that was dipped in a sort of a lemon icing. Yeah, that was... And oh. Emma was great because she's the kind of person you could just be like, do the Selkirk Grace, and she'll be like, okay. 
or like I said, uh, you know, tell us about your shortbread. And she went, well, it's a real meeting of worlds because it's shortbread, which is Scottish. But I've also <laughs> made it with lemons from my garden here in L.A. And I was like, well done. She was great. We sat with her at, at dinner, actually. Oh, she's very nice. The, the real daughter of a drama teacher could do that <laughs> improv, you know. Side note. Um, um, so I went to school with Em and her brother, Fraser, another Fraser. Uh-huh. Um, their mom, Madeline, was the drama teacher at school. She famously put on a production of Godspell in the year sort of 1999-2000. Right. And she demanded that the artistic direction and look of the set was like The Matrix. <laughs> so she did uh, Godspell and on set it had like scaffolding that was wrapped with bubble wrap and sprayed silver. Oof. And everyone wore fake long leather trench coats. <laughs> so yeah. We were just talking about The Matrix at work the other day. I was oh, yeah. talking about how my brother had the phone that you press the button and it flipped down. The Nokia. But like, he did it so many times that one time he did it and it just felt, it just completely shot off the end of the phone <laughs> of that Nokia phone. <laughs> uh, also, don't we still need to put our idea of getting our stage production of The Matrix into into production? Have we talked about that? Yeah, not on the podcast, but we probably shouldn't put our intellectual property out there. Look, we've, we've also we've also got this, you Matrix. Know, we've also got our Sizzler <laughs> podcast coming out. Our, well, Matrix our... the musical, though. And remember, we were going to ask, see if we could get Nicole Byer to play Morpheus. <laughs> this rings a bell, but it may not have been, been with me. But I'm on board. Do you not remember? This was at your party. I think we were kind of high. Remember? When was this? Out on your terrace. We were kind of high and we were talking about Matrix the musical. <laughs> we were like, we'll do a gender switch and have Nicole Byer play Morpheus. I'm on board. (laughs) I really took the pill that night. Anyway. Oh, Matrix reference. (laughs) So anyway, so that is pretty much it. I mean, on other Burns suppers and Burns nights, you might do Scottish country dancing afterwards. You might do... A Kaylee. A Kaylee. Yeah, Um, I've done done a Kaylee at a Burns night before in London. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's really fun. It was a friend of a friend that organized it and it was in this place in Shoreditch. It was so much fun. It was like being at a wedding. Yeah. It's literally just like being at a wedding. Well, what's so fun about Kaylee's is you dance to very Scottish songs, songs called like the Gay Gordons, mm-hmm. the Dashing White Sergeants, Strip the Willow. Yeah. And all these dances, when you're a kid growing up in Scotland, it is part of your education. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. Do you remember I did, I did country dancing at school and I did like, not all of the Scottish ones, but like we did Strip the Willow and oh, all that great. kind of stuff. But also I'm from like a fucking middle of nowhere, like creepy, <laughs> creepy countryside school where it's like, we're going to dance around the maple. So, what, so basically like <laughs> the curriculum for your school, it wasn't legit. Oh, it, it, oh, was... it was loose. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a private school for primary school and it was run by an independent person. It was, it was loose. My education was not great until I got to uh, secondary school. Yeah. Wait, and your secondary school was a state school? Yeah, I went to state school. That's fascinating that like the private one was like really like... Oh, it was... All over the place. I, I couldn't do maths or math, as they say in this country. I was, I mean, I was bad at it anyway, but like, I was not taught maths properly. I couldn't really do it when I got to secondary school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, one other, you've been, so you've been to Burns Suppers and Burns Nights before. Yeah. So I've, I've been to, that that one in London felt very like authentic. It was run by a Scottish guy and uh, there was a lot of Scottish people there. And mm. like, I was actually in the minority not being Scottish. So it was, it felt like a very authentic one. Then I think we might have touched on it before, but. Last year, when I first arrived here, you and I went to a very inauthentic one at the Tam O'Shanter. Which is in your beloved Atwater Village. Below, yeah, a stone's throw from Sizzler. Nestled between Sizzler and Del Taco, where we yeah. went the other night. Um, yeah, and that was a, a wild experience. I think I, I've said it before in here that the accents were mainly pirate wench. Um, <laughs> and we were served what was called a, a Scottish rabbit, which was a Yorkshire pudding and a bowl of cheese. <laughs> 
<laughs> melted cheese. It was it was a very confused meeting of worlds. <laughs> it really and also was. everyone like performing and involved was very proud of themselves. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. It, but yeah, you could, and you could tell we're Scottish from like 20 generations back. Yeah. The thinnest <laughs> thinnest link to Scotland and they were like, "We've got to do it." Uh, so that was, yeah, that was Burn Supper. I would say one of only a few nights of the year where you might get to wear your kilt, whether it's Hogmanay, a wedding, or, yeah, Burn Supper, that's pretty much yeah. it. Yeah, although don't some gays wear kilts to, like, circuit parties? Oh, or, like, they? leather clubs? Like, a, it sex, like, a, like a sex a, kilt. A sex kilt, yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, um, that's that. So, Burns Night. Yeah. What is the US equivalent? Do you have any ideas? Well, I was thinking about this. There's no, I was thinking about how weird it, because there's no kind of... To celebrate a national poet, who's the national poet of America? Is it like Walt Whitman? Oh, I've no, I don't know. I, I just plucked that name out of obscurity from the deep, deep, dark recesses of my uh, English degree. But I was just thinking about how it's it's very strange that there's a day celebrating like a a poet or a national poet, but who's obviously just from such a long time ago. And then I was thinking, I don't know. It seems like the kind of thing that at some point some insane person is going to try and suggest for like. I don't know. I feel Le- like Lena Dunham. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or like the annoying like Beyonce fans are going to be like, oh, let's just like have this day. Well, I'm actually going to meet you in the middle because you mentioned like, uh, <laughs> you know, a, an, a, an old US poet yeah. and like a modern day pop culture person. Yeah. I was having a look around and here's the thing. Scotland as a country has been around a lot longer than the US and therefore there's been time to have a national poet and it's become a big celebration of the year. Right. This country hasn't had that. So I thought, is there a musician that has a day and is celebrated? Okay. I did a bit of a Google and I found on the website graceland.com <laughs> Elvis's birthday celebration. Oh. Now, in many ways, Elvis could be the Robert Burns of America. <laughs> sure. And this year for his, basically every year for his birthday celebration, and it was his 85th this year, at Graceland, which is was his home, yep. they do a really big celebration, and it was in January. Okay, similar to Arabi Burns, and it's like a whole ticketed event, and they do all these different things, and there's a ceremony, and there's food, and there's music. So I kind of wonder if the U.S. equivalent yeah. of Robert Burns and Burns Night <laughs> is just Elvis Presley. Do you know? I'm I'm not mad at that because there was a point in the dinner where we were looking at pictures of Robert Burns and we, me and Teddy um, and Jeremy were, were looking at pictures and we were saying that he was fit, he would get it, and you know Elvis back in the day he would get it. He was also hot. Just to really tie it together, I would have had sex with both of them. And both, you know, Robbie Burns <laughs> very Scottish, Elvis very American. Yeah, great. Oh, really, we really solved that puzzle, didn't we? So yeah. the U.S. equivalent of Robert Burns and Burns Supper. It's Elvis Presley. You're, <laughs> You're welcome. welcome. And we are back. So we're going to finish out, as always, with Welcome Not Welcome, which is where we think of American or British topics and we say if they're welcome or not welcome, aka whether we like them or not. Uh, I'm going to start. Welcome or not welcome, the word bangs to describe a fringe. Oh, I... thing is, I really like it because in the, U- yeah, in the UK we'd say fringe. Yeah. I really like it. But it doesn't actually, the word doesn't describe what it is. No, not at all. Fringe is a fringe. A fringe is fringe-like. Yeah. Whereas bangs is... But I also really like, I really like the word bang because how like bang it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she got bangs. She got bangs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, uh, welcome. Okay, welcome. Okay, welcome or not welcome, the phrase cowboy builder. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Very welcome. So this is a UK <laughs> phrase, uh, which we talked about last yeah. night. So basically a cowboy builder in the UK would be like, maybe like an unlicensed builder who's a bit who's a bit like shady and yeah. does like a dodgy dealing. And they'd be like, oh yeah, I'll tarmac your driveway for <laughs> for a hundred pounds. And they'd come back and they would do it, but they'd do a shit job or, yeah, cowboy builder. So what would, that, what would that be called here? Like a cowboy contractor? Like, I don't think cowboy would be, it would just be like a... Rodeo contractor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like in the same way that in the US they had the the show How to Catch a Contractor. What did they have in the UK? It was called Cowboy Builders. There you go. <laughs> okay, so welcome or not oh, welcome. Oh, very welcome. Great. Um, welcome or not welcome, Anastasia. <laughs> now, the reason I bring her up, the singer, is because <laughs> I tried to mention, someone said something and it was the lyrics to an Anastasia song. And I sung it. And then everyone I work with said, uh, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, you're like, you know, like Anastasia. And they were like, I don't. We had a full conversation about it. And they were like, it turns out Anastasia, she never had any success in America. I knew she wasn't popular here, but I thought it was just like less popular, like Nicole Scherzinger. But she like didn't even release music in America. She's a, she's a Ruby Wax. She's a Ruby Wax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she, I was thinking, I'm out of love, set me free. So she, her story was, I think she was discovered by Elton John. Yeah, yeah, she Something was. Something like that. Yeah. But is she actually American? Yes. She is. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a funny thing, she might be Canadian. No, but... I looked up because I was like, I'm sure she's American. Yeah, she's definitely American. Yeah. Um... I mean... See, I would, I would, my initial reaction is to be like, oh, not welcome, her music's annoying. But my mum had her first album and I'm out of love. And um, the second song, do you remember the one that was like, I know, da, 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 one day in your life, and love will remind you. Those oh, two yeah. songs really remind me of my mum in like Aww. the early 2000s. So she's welcome to me. She uh, is the kind of person who might pop up in Loose Women. Absolutely. Um, as a as like a, a guest panelist, or she'll be doing like a theatre tour in the UK with like Beverly Knight, some other some other gals, and the show will be called like Here Come the Gals or yeah, something. Yeah, UK like that. Divas. Yeah, I'm gonna say not welcome. <gasps> okay. Disrespect to my mother. Welcome or not welcome, Girl Scout cookies. Ooh, good one. I Girl Scout cookies is such like a reference that if you're obsessed with America, like I was and am. I'm dying to try a Girl Scout cookie. And I tried one for the first time last year. I think I had a Thin Mint. Oh, mama. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, so Girl Scout cookies, there are lots of like different flavors. Yeah. Um, and I got given a box of them at work the other day. And actually in previous workplaces, people have come around like with their children. Like there was one <laughs> time I was working away and this tiny, tiny child came up and was like, would you like to buy a cookie? And I was like, wait, where does this child come from? <laughs> and in the distance, I could see the parents just like watching. Um, and you were like, fuck off. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm working. <laughs> so um, there's lots of different flavors. I think all the flavors suck. Have you had the Thin Mint? I've had, I've tried them all. The Thin Mints are really good. No, they're not. Yes, None they of are. them taste good. I'm sorry. You like them because you like slightly bland shit flavors. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay, sure. So I'm going to say not welcome. Is, <laughs> Neither are the Girl Scouts. Oh, wow. <laughs> Coming for the Girl Scouts. Um, this is a weird one. Welcome, not welcome. A cup of tea. I'll tell you why I said that. I texted you the other day, didn't I? You oh, didn't yeah. reply. Uh, and I said it was the f I had my first cup of tea since I moved to America the other day at work. I found an English breakfast tea bag in the kitchen. And I thought, today's the day. I had a cup of tea. 
It wasn't great. <laughs> Tasted like tea on an aeroplane. I'm going to react to how I reacted to the text the other day. Just not reply. Yeah, you didn't reply to that one. Also, Michael and Matt didn't reply to me about uh, some plans that I was trying to make for Valentine's Day with them. It's like they don't want to spend Valentine's Day with me. Isn't that weird? Mm, no reply. Yeah. So, not welcome. <laughs> yeah, like um, me. Welcome or not welcome. <laughs> now, this has been submitted uh, from Justin in London, who loathes it. Justin London London wants to know, welcome or not welcome, the phrase swings and roundabouts. <laughs> I like the phrase swings and roundabouts. How, no, how, what is it? How do you describe it? Swings and roundabouts means, is it like a, a term to describe like the long way to get to something? Wait a minute. Isn't it like, oh, well, look, should should we go, should we take the train or should we take the highway? And you'd be like, oh, well, it's all swings and roundabouts. Isn't it like the same thing? Mm-hmm. That's a really bad description. I yeah, did. I... I... I don't think we're making any sense. Okay. Wait, but I'm just Googling it. Swings around. Isn't it like the phrase six and a half a dozen? Yeah. What? Do you not know that phrase? That's not the phrase. There is a phrase six, six and a half. Six of one and half a dozen of another. In Scotland. I'm going to pull a Scotland oh, card. Oh, this I whole know. episode has been the Scotland card. We, once again, I'm sorry that I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that I'm bringing my culture to the table and you're just hitting all over See, the place. This is for Americans. They don't realize that being from the UK, you can be from different countries. And... Yeah, it's very contentious. Wait, swings and roundabouts, hang on a minute. Siri, what does swings and roundabouts mean? I found this on the web. Oh, it says, if you're in a situation that swings and roundabouts, you mean there are as many gains as there are losses. So everything balances out. Yes. Yeah, equal advantages and disadvantages. Do you know they they call them traffic circles here, don't they? Do they not call them roundabouts? No, they call them traffic circles, because I had to learn how to say it, because when I was getting lifts to work, or Ubers to work that you have to go left at a roundabout to get to my office. And I always had to say left at the traffic circle. Because if I said roundabout, then they'd all be like, oh, where are you from in London? I went to London in 1982. Blah, 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 blah. You must love the Beatles and Monty Python. Yeah. I hate both. <laughs> so That's um, when I sister act myself out of the car and just roll into the street. <laughs> um, wait, swings and roundabouts, welcome or not welcome? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not welcome. I'm going to say welcome. So that is it. <laughs> <laughs> That is it. Okay, on a week where the Trump impeachment trial has been rattling on in America and Britain and the UK has left the European Union, (laughs) we've just been trying to bring our two cultures together with this podcast. Exactly, we're bringing two trash pit fires together. (laughs) To create one big big giant trash pit fire of hell. Yay! (laughs) Woo! For for both America and Britain, you're welcome. Um, so we will see you next time in the trash pit pile that is, you're welcome, America. Bye. Bye. You're so far off your mouth, I can get to smell your own shit. Where are you from, Joseph? South Shields. At home. Well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go with you. Cooking bacon and stop working with flyer.